Wait a minute. Cabo Nation. What is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 438 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. You know the vibes. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Today's show, Pierre, through the wire. Friday Night Lights, if you know, you know. Always great talking basketball with P. On this one, we discuss highlight culture, the landscape of college basketball, NBA draft, Knicks basketball, and more. Go subscribe to Through the Wire wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Fire, Friday Night Lights, all that and much more. My guy does it all, man. What have you been up to? Because I know it's been a lot, man. It's been a lot. Man, yeah. Uh, a lot, but it's basically the same stuff. You know, we basketball guys always tapped in trying to figure out what's next, what's current, the previous. Um, it's just the same stuff. You know, basketball 24-7. College hoops has been amazing. The NBA is is looking good. I'm, I'm It's looking okay. Um, hopefully we get some trades, right? We're almost at All-Star Weekend. And um, yeah, uh, some things I want to see more in the NBA, but it's, it's, it's cool right now. It's cool. I'm just really hoping for trades because the year has been so quiet as far as movement that I think as fans and as media people, we deserve a big trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. Do you think you say okay because of the parody? You think that's part of it? No, I actually enjoy parody. What I mean by okay is like, um, so me and you watch college basketball. I know a lot of people don't watch college basketball. We watch college basketball. And when you watch something like college basketball, and I also have a little brother, EJ, who's in high school basketball. So I'm watching those games and keeping over high school as well. You're always getting the best product a team can put out each night, each game. Every time I watch college basketball, yeah. the best players are playing every single night. In the NBA, I turn on the Clippers one day. Kawhi is not playing. Then Kawhi well, Cl- comes back. Clippers is the Clippers is the biggest example of what you're talking exactly. about right now. <laughs> uh, Paul George. Then Kawhi comes back and there's no Paul George. You watch the Bulls and Zach Levine might take a rest day. Demar might sit out. The the, the Celtics and Jalen Brown is out. And even when Jalen Brown played, Tatum missed game. So it's like you just don't. Each and every day, I just feel like somebody significant is not playing. And I'm all for not risking making injuries worse. But, like, when you look at the injury reports, it kind of just be like guys just sitting out. I just feel like every day somebody significant is not going to be playing in a game. And because of that, we get a lot of worthless games or games that aren't as fun. You know what I'm saying? So, And we still do get our playoff intensity type of games here and there. But I just miss when we just had guys playing on a consistent basis. Like, it's, it's hard to get excited and you don't know if the prime night game is going to be the prime game. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, I've been super interested in college basketball because every day, every night is an upset and you're getting the best product that you can get. You know what I'm saying? So um, hopefully the second half of the season in the NBA starts to kick up because I know the difference between the NBA and college is it's an 82 game season. You know what I mean? So they don't want to wear, you know, wear, wear themselves out. But um, 
I still do miss some of those playoff intensity moments in the regular season. Speaking of upsets, there was a day last weekend where it was the most unranked yes. teams beating ranked teams in what in one day. Um, I think it was either seven or eight. But what yeah. does that tell you about the landscape? Is that because of the transport portal? Is that because of the top end talent going to different places like the G League Ignite, Overtime Elite? You know, we see guys go overseas as well. How much effect does that have on it? And why do you think that's happening at such a high rate? Well, I, I think things are changing a little bit in college basketball. The transfer portal portal definitely, you know, makes things a little chaotic and crazy and teams can get better overnight pretty quickly. But I think when you look at uh, look around college basketball, a lot of talent is spread are spread around. So you got like Brandon Miller yep. is at Alabama. You got Kaysen Wallace at um Kentucky, you got the guys that went to Arkansas, Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh and those guys, Nick Smith. Um, so it's like it's a lot of talent all around. And like you said, the transfer portal allows other teams to kind of sneaky get good and get some guys that kind of went under the radar. And it's just not about the incoming freshman class. You can really improve without getting a McDonald All American. You might get two two upperclassmen players out of the transfer portal and may have a really solid team. So um, I think that's a part of it. And I think coaching coaching matters. We have a lot of good historic coaches. Tom Izzo always <laughs> figures out a way to compete with Michigan State. Um, Jawan Howard and his son, Jed Howard at Michigan, they're, they're really good. I just think that there's really good teams out there. And also, I think more guys are staying in college. Yeah, like, especially the bigs and the guys that don't have an NBA niche. Exactly. So you look at Purdue, Edie is going to be has has been there. Drew Timmy has been with Gonzaga. So it's like guys aren't really rushing. Don't get me wrong. If you have the surefire McDonald American, he's going to be a one and done. They always leave. But even Jalen Wilson at at um Kansas, he's a junior. Um, Colby Jones and Xavier, he's a junior. Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana, he's an upperclassman. So it's all of these different talented guys who have been around. Um, and I think it's all clicking right now in a perfect season. Yeah, we talked about this actually on text that to play in the NBA now is not as much about being a really good basketball player. Obviously, you have to be a really good basketball player to play at the highest levels. It's really to have a niche in that sport because it is a totally different sport. If you're a star, obviously, you're undeniable. But I think I mentioned Filipowski to you because it's like he's really good, but he's a tough eval because where does he fit in the NBA? Yeah, um, and he's kind of his, his shoot. And I told you, for me, it was going to be the shooting. His shooting kind of went down a little bit. Um, I think he, last time I checked, he was shooting like 25% or something from three. But um, he's a guy that I think would, would benefit from going back. But then you also have that that situation where. Yes, I know exactly never, what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Oh, well, the you two, can finish the, it then. The too old thing. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, that, that thing always. Happens, I mean, like, but... like they'll say, like, you don't have your potential. You don't have as much of a runway with your age. And that hurts you sometimes. Like yeah. the older you get. I think kids should stop listening to that because we've seen a lot of players play out of that. Like Trey Murphy was a sophomore, wasn't he? If I'm not mistaken, from Virginia. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. Um, Chris Dorsey was a lottery pick, and they called him old. They called him old the entire draft process, and he still went lottery. So it's like – yeah. And I even talked about in a video I dropped yesterday where it's like, yeah, I understand you're not as young as an 18- or 19-year-old, but even if you look at some of these – 
freshmen, they're 20, they're 20 years old. Guys are reclassifying. They're not as young as they make it seem. They just only spent one year in college. But it's like if you look at the age, the actual age of the players. Last time I checked, when you graduate high school, you're around 18 and you're going to go into your your college year, freshman year as 18. You should end 19. A lot of these guys be 20 knocking on the door of 21 because it's a lot of reclassif reclassifying things like that. So I think guys should just go when you're ready. Um, but I understand what I was going to say is I can only imagine if the NBA is calling and being like, nah, I'll wait. You know what I mean? It's like your entire life dream is to play in there and you have this amount of an opportunity. You can't be mad at anybody for chasing that dream. Especially if you're like 15 and under, like and project it. If you have the right people telling you where you're going and if you're mm -hmm. like the 15th pick or under that, I mean, yeah, I don't see a scenario where most play. I mean, everybody's different. Like, you know, it's up to them. Everybody's their own individual. But I think for the most part, you should go at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's why I, that's why I say like, you know, a guy like Filipowski, I, I will go back because I can see him being late 20s, second rounder as of right now, unless he has a crazy ACC tournament run or, you know, NCAA tournament run. And I think um, I've seen a lot of guys, you know, <laughs> take a big jump or a big leap from just going back one extra year. You don't have to stay all four years, but, you know, you'll see a big difference in being a sophomore returning player. Uh, OJ Abaje um, from Kansas. You know, he 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 returned all four of his years and it paid off to be well for him. He's just now starting to get the NBA minutes. But um, Walker Kessler went back to school after transferring from North Carolina. He's been really good in the NBA to start off his career. There's a lot of guys who aren't one and done who, you know, who have looked to be able to benefit from it. So most definitely the first name you mentioned, Brandon Miller. So I posed the question on Twitter yesterday. It's actually interesting because. Way back before the college basketball season, I had Keandre on. Yeah, and so the that's first, my guy. Yeah, definitely. He just dropped a video, actually. Uh, you mentioned Brandon Miller. And when I wanted to ask him about what players he feels will jump up the draft boards, the first name I mentioned was Brandon Miller. Okay. He now actually, you know, Keandre now has him at six. But so I posed the question on Twitter yesterday. Do you think there's a scenario where he could get into the mix for the number two pick? I wanted to hear your thoughts on that because it is a long college basketball season. It's only January. We do not know what could happen in March. Trey Murphy actually played three years of college basketball. That's Two crazy. Three years at Rice and he transferred to Virginia. I always got to make sure I fact check. Uh, <laughs> that was going to bug me out. But can he go to number two, Brandon Miller? Yes. No. I think top two is solidified. Uh, Vic and school have that locked up. They both had it locked up for a while. And I think everybody else is competing for number three. Um, and I and I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Those two guys have have put a body of work together that I just don't think can be, you know, competed against unless, like I said, unless Brandon Miller or anybody else does something astronomical from now to the end of March, then I, I think those two guys have it have it locked. Here's my thing. Like in March, magical things could happen. Yeah, I, I just think that like me personally, I never I never like that. Like I think you evaluate a prospect. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um yeah. but I do remember the Jalen Suggs thing. But even then I felt like after it fizzled down, because the draft comes way later than the March run. So the March run may have people chattering about like, oh man, this guy can go. 
But when it actually came around, Jalen Suggs did not go one or two, how people were saying. <laughs> like, oh, man, this guy's going crazy. Could he be the number one pick? And it was like, nah. It was, after all of that simmered down, we, we Kay Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley and Jalen Green are still going to be the, the top guys. So, you know, I, I, I just – it's hard to make a case because Scoot has really played, you know, really, really, really well for two years now in the G league. And we know the potential that Vic seems to have. I just think it's it's too, it's too much to compete with that. So I think those two are locked there. I think the only scenario you, we, we could potentially see is if somebody wants to trade down some, so somebody asked me like, P do you think if Charlotte got the second pick, would it be smart for them to take scoot or could you see them taking somebody else? And even in that situation, I would still say you take Scoot. You don't pass on talent. I agree. But I agree. If if they just said, you know, they wanted to trade, they could trade back. You know what I mean? I could see that. Like, we'll trade down a three, get an extra asset, get Brandon Miller, and let somebody else take Scoot. But I think the top two picks are going to be Victor Wimbayama and Scoot Henderson for sure. Yeah. You know, Charlotte's interesting because I've got that question before. I forgot if it was on a live show or on Twitter. But what I'm thinking is, like, and I would definitely go with Scoot because I like to go with best player available. But actually, a SAR would be an interesting pick there because he shoots it like his shooting is getting better. Super athlete to run with Lamelo. I mean, I think that would be like kind of like an out out of the box pick for them. In the back of my mind, if I'm being honest with you, I think we said this on a podcast like oh, some weeks ago. It just feels like a Thompson twin is going to go to Charlotte. I don't know why. It just feels like that's going to be their route. Um, I hope I'm wrong because I would love for them to give Vic or Scoot, um, or even a Brandon Miller. But um, because I think, yeah, I, I'm I'm like you. Just get I think Charlotte is in a position where they just need talent. So like, even if the talent plays a position of somebody that you already had, who cares? Just get the best talent available because they're just a team that's in a need for talent and young people who can run and play with Lamelo and uh. Any of the options that are in the top five to top seven conversation would be a big help to to Charlotte. So, I mean, I've been talking basketball with you a long time. You know, it's crazy. Like what we do, uh, in my opinion, I mean, I want to be humble here, but like it's kind of legendary because no matter how long we go without recording a Friday Night Lights, people always bring it up. And we're going to. Yeah, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna work on bringing that back. So we've been on a hiatus, but super legendary. But you know, the point is, I've been talking basketball with you a long time, and I know how much you appreciate the early hoop mixtape era. Like yeah. we always get back to that when we're having conversations, mm-hmm. and I know that holds a special place in your heart. And Austin Rivers just had some comments, and he's the main guy from that era, right? Like yep. he's that dude when it comes to that era. <laughs> and he kind of spoke about how he feels it hasn't been good for the game. I have to hear your thoughts on that. I, I mean, I agree with Austin Rivers um, to a certain extent, just because like it has become, you know, oversaturated and overpopulated. And I grew up in an era where Austin Rivers was the guy. Like a lot of people ask me, who was the guy that you thought was going to be special and, you know, was, was, was just all right or something. I always say Austin Rivers, and it's no disrespect to him, but I really did think Austin Rivers would take the league by storm because I grew up as a freshman watching his highlights before my games. I would watch his hoop mixtape and, like, get myself mentally prepared to go play my freshman basketball game. So um, back in that time, that's how you thought about it. You thought about, like, just working on your game and, like, 
just just grinding to become somebody who was worth coming to see. Now, because it's overpopulated and everyone has a camera and everyone has a social media handle and a YouTube account, everybody has a, a camera. You don't really have to grind for somebody to come watch you. You could just go into a gym and somebody can just have a camera. Your cousin can come do it. You got parents like I go to my brother's games. Parents are recording things. Guys who don't get minutes are asking somebody to chop up their highlights and like. I know people who do highlights and they're like, I don't even like, how would I create a mixtape for you? You don't really play. And it's not to be rude or disrespectful, but it just shows where people's minds are, are at. Guys who aren't significant players are even trying to get mixtapes because literally we're just in a highlight era. And yeah, I think that takes away from good basketball because like Austin River said, at the end of the day, that's what gets you to that highest level. You know what I mean? And John Moran, those guys, they're going to have their highlight moments, but you know, they're, but they're there's a other. lot of there's a there's a lot of substance behind guys like that as well, you know, like the no, jobs, sure. like yeah. yeah. And then That's there's a, the other 97% in the NBA who just does the standard necessary things that are needed for teams to be able to win. You know what I mean? Like I love a Josh Hart type of player on my team, but Josh Hart isn't a guy that you're going to go watch his highlight tape for. Or uh Dorian Finney Smith is a good role player in the NBA that I think a lot of teams would love to have, but nobody's going to watch a Dorian Finney Smith highlight tape. You know, it's a lot. P.J. Tucker has historically been one of the best role players that you can have to complement a star. Nobody's watching a P.J. Tucker mixtape, but those guys are on teams that win. And anytime they become available, there's a check waiting for P.J. Tucker's, Jay Crowder's, even a Jeremy Grant. Even he, he continues to get better. He's I think he might be out of the, the role player um, type thing or the, the the glue guy type of role. But um yeah, I just think that, that that's what the game is about. You know what I mean? Uh, being a good player and contributing to winning and not so much looking at the camera, looking for the camera. But we're in the social media age, too. So we got to understand that things are going to be different. You know, that's just the way it works. So I'm, I'm, I I agree with Austin Rivers to a certain extent, but I'm also trying to give a little leeway for the new generation because they're going to have their own unique way of doing things. Yeah, I guess, you know, it really is a gift and a curse. It's a gift because there's more of a chance to have a platform for yourself where a lot of people could see you play. But at the same time, we don't want young players or players on any level to focus on the highlight and not focus on actually getting better at your craft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I graduated, they came out with like a platform that like made everybody uh, highlights. It was like huddle huddle or something like that. Yeah. That sounds familiar actually. Um, and they brought it like as soon as I graduated, like it came like the year after one of my former teammates was telling me and I'm like, bro, I wish we had that when I played because I want, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to be able to see myself and it would have been good to be able to have every game I played. you know, they would have highlights or whatnot, but like every game you played, like I would use it as like a tool. Like I would see my brother's, uh, games, and like his school will, will stream them and then they have them up on like the YouTube. And it's like you can go back and watch film on yourself and see the misses you had or see how teams guard you in your conference. And, you know, though, like so like you said, there are gifts and curse. Um, you just have to figure out the right way to use it and not let it be, you know, something that's a, a detriment to, to your progression. Let's finish with the Knicks, P. I mean, they're playing well, but it's not like they're playing like Kings well, where it's starting mm -hmm. to get like national media attention. But, I mean, I think Jalen Brunson has changed a lot for that team and even changing the way that Julius Randle is playing. Julius Randle doesn't have to initiate as much. Yes. And to Julius Randle's credit, his, show, his shot profile has been a little bit better. 
Um, what have you made of this season? And do you think Knicks fans should be at a point where they're not asking for Julius Randle trades on here on out? Or maybe his value so high, this is the time they should be. What do you, what do you think? That's a very good question. Um, so far in the season, yeah, it has been good. Um, I love the production we're getting from Jalen Brunson because I was a guy that was saying he was worth the money and everything we did just because as a Nick fan, you know how important a steady point guard would be for the team. Given the past teams we've had, if you give us a solid, steady, reliable point guard, it, it makes us so much better just in the way we go out and play, just the structure-wise. So I, I love the fact that we were able to get him, but he's kind of exceeding I think what a lot of people had um, for him as expectations, Julius Randle. Yes, Julius Randle's had a phenomenal season. Is he out of Nick P people trying to draw up trades? No. And the only reason I say that is because nothing personal with Julius Randle, but Nick fans are going to try to find ways for the Knicks to get better. Because as cool of a season we're having, we're not, like you said, we're not like the Kings. You know what I mean? We just kind of, well, right now, the the standings change so much. We're probably, what, sixth or seventh in the, in the East Eastern Conference. So that's like, it's cool, but it's not great. And when you watch, because I'm, like I said, I'm a Knicks fan, so I watch 95% of the games. Yeah, we're seventh right now. We're tied with the Miami Heat. So we're seventh. Cool. Not great. Um, And when you're seventh, you're going to, you're going to have the fan base looking for ways to get better. And also, man, we yeah, we're we're winning games and whatnot, but it's not pretty. We don't know how to hold leads. We miss a lot of free throws down the stretch. We just lost uh Mitchell Robinson to thumb surgery, so he's gonna be out for at least three weeks. Um and yeah, we still have little 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 things that kind of we don't play good at home. We gotta be we gotta be the first potential playoff team that doesn't protect home floor. That's just crazy to me. So, you know, we got ways that we need to grow. So I think. As long as we're still a solid team, fans are going to try to draw up trades with anybody to to figure out, you know, avenues for us to get better because Nick fans want to have a real, real contending team and not just a playoff team. I am the type of Nick fan, though. I'm just happy to be back in a playoff landscape, but I can't be mad at my fellow Knicks, Knicks fans for trying to figure out ways for us to be upper echelon um, in the East. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the word steady with Jalen Brunson, and it's the perfect word, and he just fills the gap, like you said, for what they needed. So a lot of their success has came down to him because RJ didn't take a crazy leap, and mm -hmm. it's allowed Julius to play better, and Julius's show, shot profile, as I said, improved. Like, he's not forcing as much. He's making better decisions. So, you know, I think Jalen Brunson should definitely be an all-star. He definitely should be an all-star. He's like a – it's either between him and Julius Randle. I can't be mad if they gave it to Randle, but he definitely should be in a conversation. I think Jalen Brunson is just like – he's like um, – how would I put it? You know, you like making a cake, for an example. Um, if your mom or aunt or wife baked a cake or whatever, they'll probably put eggs in a cake. You, you don't taste the, the eggs in a cake. So I used to, I asked my aunt because she bakes. And I used to be like, why is eggs in like every bakery thing? Like I don't, you don't even taste the egg or whatever. But it just, it holds everything together. It's like what she told me for whatever she was making. And that's what Jalen Brunson, I think he just made everybody kind of have a role and go into place. So like you said earlier, when you first brought up Julius Randle, he doesn't have to initiate offense yeah. a lot, which takes a big burden off of his shoulders. His shot profile is better, even though, I think we're in the stage of the NBA where everybody settles. Julius Randle takes a lot of jump shots that I just like go at those guys. Um, RJ, 
think he's still trying to figure things out, but he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't taken the leap. But I think even, you know, having J- Jalen Brunson there takes some 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 weight off of him. And I think Mitchell Robinson has played some of the best basketball of his career because he actually has a point guard, um, you know, lobs, crashing the glass. It's just, I don't know. It just makes everything feel more in place than previous years. Feels more like a basketball team. Feels a lot more like a basketball team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think uh, – I think having that for us Knicks fans is, is great because we haven't had that. We had what Alfred Payton, Alec Burks was playing point guard for us last year. Before that, it was Emmanuel. Julius Randle was playing like that LeBron Julius role. Randall, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm 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 happy. I'm pleased. Hopefully, we can make some type of deal. Cam Reddish is out of the rotation, so he is probably going to be traded. I'm hearing um, Mavs or Lakers for him. Yes, I saw that. So. I, I would like it. I would like it. I just want whatever team gets him next. I just hope that they don't do him like the Knicks did him. We went out and we traded for him with the you know, Hawks and he, we did nothing. You know what's crazy? I feel like and somebody might say like it comes down to him at the end of the day, which obviously there's some truth in that. Like his three situations, Duke, the Hawks, and the Knicks just haven't been great. I agree with you, Combo. People people ask me that all the time because I speak highly of them, and they're like, "Man, don't when are you gonna when are you gonna say when are you gonna hold him accountable or say he's the reason?" And it's like when I see him get an opportunity, like a guy just doesn't turn. You know what I'm saying? Like the Knicks really did not give Cam Reddish a chance, and I think like that's how I view players. And of course, you can talk about what they may not be doing in practice or what they may be doing, but you don't just become a top ten pick. With the with all of the talent that Cam Reddish has, and just do nothing. And if you talk to his peers, Anthony Edwards, the Tyrese Maxies, and all of those guys, they always speak highly of Cam Reddish. Zion Williamson and RJ, they they speak super highly of Cam Reddish. So it's like, I just hope he goes to a team and gives him a chance. And if he doesn't do anything with the chance, then we can say, hey, we saw now we see why he's not playing. But he started the early portion of the season for the Knicks and was great. And then he had an injury and never got his spot back. So it's crazy. You know, back to the Austin Rivers um, podcast, he was talking about like Bo Bo used to go at people in practice, just never got the opportunity. And it shows that opportunity situation means a lot. Yes. Yes, man. D- d- man, does it? Yeah. Bo Bo is a great, a great name. I was just talking about somebody else in my stream yesterday on Twitch. There was somebody else who went somewhere and their their whole situation changed. But um, hopefully we can get the same thing from Cam. But yeah, Bo Bo was just on the bench. Just on the bench. Just... Like he he, he would have had great games if they just put him in the game. I'm pretty and sure of it. Didn't he have some good games in a the bubble? They, they had a run. Yes, yes. Yeah, and he, he yo, Summer so League. I mean, I saw Summer League Bo Bo in person. That guy was, <laughs> yo, that guy was different, man. That guy was different. I'm glad bro. to see him. Um, <laughs> I'm glad to see him getting some run and, and, and getting some opportunity, man, because that's all you want as a basketball player is an opportunity. And if you don't do anything with it, then, you know, you wash your hands and, you know, nobody else is to blame. But if you're just sitting there and just sitting there and sitting there, it's just like, man, can I even at least get a shot? And that's how I feel about some of the guys out there in Charlotte, like James Booknight, Mark Williams, uh, Kai Jones. It just feels like Charlotte doesn't play their young guys enough to me. Yeah, great stuff. You're always welcome back. We're going to work you. on We're gonna work on Friday Night Lights. We're going to work on it. We got to. Yeah, we got to. Um, I'm going to hit you up soon so we can figure it out. Um, I'm about to. 
start getting ready so I can meet Pops. EJ got a really big game today against a rival. They, okay. they beat they beat this team crazy last time. But these games, when these two teams play against each other, it's like a college atmosphere. I've never seen anything like it at the high school level. So I had to buy tickets for this game. The first high school game I ever had to buy tickets for. EJ's not the plug? Like, P the plug? EJ's supposed to plug exactly, you with the tickets, right? man. And, and exactly. Yeah, I'm going to tell him that. He's supposed to plug me with the tickets. But, yeah, we had to buy tickets, he, and I'm leaving. He's, he, he, he's like little plug. He should be little plug if you're big plug. You know what I mean? Exactly, Combo. But yeah, man, this game, this game is crazy. This game is crazy. So I gotta leave early to beat traffic and get there. I'm gonna drive with pops because I don't want to drive and it's so chaotic. But let's go, EJ. But yeah, that's that's what we on. But I, I am gonna hit you up because a lot of people have been asking about the Friday night lights. Yeah, so I um, mean, tell your dad, tell EJ I said what's up, tell EJ I said have a I good day, you. man. Yes, sir. You. I'll let you know how he does. Please do talk soon, bro. Peace. There it was. Episode 438 is in the books. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Big shouts to P. Appreciate you as always. Share this episode. Tweet it out. You can catch me on Twitter at Combos Court. Same name as the podcast. Share it on your IG stories. That's right. Take a screenshot of this episode wherever you are listening to it and post it on your IG stories. You can tag me on there at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. And be on the lookout for episode 439. Combo out.